the pieces tell a story. If it's a bespoke piece, it'll tell a story about the person that's had something designed. But other than that, I have limited edition pieces that really is about inspiring women to be who they want to be, because that's what my journey's been. It's been about following your dream, doing what you want to do. And it doesn't matter how many doors close on you, just keep knocking on those doors. You do get to your destination, but you've just learned so much along the way. Hello and welcome to the Women of the Future podcast, a podcast made in collaboration with the Women of the Future programme, a platform built to unlock a culture of kindness and collaboration among leaders, as well as support and celebrate the successes of women. I'm Kim Rowell and I won the media category at their awards in 2018 in recognition of my continued work as a commissioner, producer and children's author, particularly within the mental health remit. I'll be talking to my guests on this podcast about their careers, who or what gave them their first big break, their successes, failures and inspirations along the way, and how they came to be a part of the Women of the Future Network. Noreen Mirza is an award-winning British jewellery designer whose creations have adorned celebrities and international royalty and frequently feature in global press. Founder of one of the world's most innovative and empowering fine jewellery brands, the eponymous Noreen London, she now acts as the brand's creative director, utilising her expertise and wealth of experience in creating bespoke pieces, high jewellery and fine jewellery collections. Driven by a need to shape the world into a more beautiful place, Noreen is committed to working with Mosaic, a Prince of Wales charity aimed at mentoring young people to fulfil their potential. With a business degree from Kingston University London, Noreen is also a diamond expert and gemologist, certified by the Gemological Institute of America, the world's foremost authority on diamonds, coloured stones and pearls. Noreen was shortlisted in the Asian Women of Achievement Awards, part of the Women of the Future programme, as a young achiever in 2007. I grew up in a town called Sunbury on Thames and the upbringing was really nice. We lived near the river and went to a Catholic school with very few Asians that went there. So that was really nice to mix with other children and really learn about the way that the Catholic religion is, but also just the culture difference that we have as being a British Pakistani Muslim person. So that was really interesting. I suppose also in that situation, it can potentially go both ways, can't it? In that, you know, you stand out for good and for bad and children are a bit unapologetic as to how they treat people in that regard. I mean, we were talking just now and I've got a four-year-old and you've got a, a daughter too. Children just say it as it is, don't they? How was that experience for you from, I suppose, being different to everybody else? Yes, definitely. You do see yourself being a bit different and you have to figure it out, how to fit in and how to adapt. And also, for example, just clothing. So our neighbours, they were all English and they said, why does your mother always wear pyjamas? The long kind of shirt with some trousers. And I suppose they could kind of similarly look 
a little bit like pajamas and you just had to explain all the way why we were a bit different but then also at the same time we had to understand that we also need to fit in and what this culture is but I think as children you just adapt and you you might question your journey a little bit but you are very easy to just adapt into communities and learn very quickly. What were you like as a student? Were you very hard working? Were you top of the class? Was it a bit of a mix? And what subjects did you like? All that kind of thing. Um, my favourite subjects were drama and art. As a student, I probably wasn't always somebody at the top of the class, but really loved the school that I was at. And it had beautiful grounds, really beautiful building. So my journey has been from a very young age, just designing and being very imaginative. So the school had given me a lot of inspiration. And the other aspect I used to love was sport. So I was very competitive mm. and I would sign up for every sports club after school. And I used to be in the girls football team. And that was really interesting because that wasn't kind of expected from me. But I think that's the competitive side that I have. But most importantly, I love the art classes. And that's where I used to get my A stars because it's just being creative it was really enjoyable. And you went on to do a business degree at Kingston University. And like you were talking about there, that allowed you to marry up your two big passions, which sounds like the creative side, the arts and the crafts, and also you know, the, the competitive, but then obviously with a business mind, right? And I'm guessing that's your first pathway into what you're doing now. So university for me was something that I just wanted to go and explore and have a degree. It felt like if I had to go for a job interview or if I was sitting in a business meeting, I had some credibility that I've done something. But my ultimate dream was to have a business I loved designing. It was always to create pieces. So the degree was just to be part of the experience, but it wasn't really to go in and say, right, I'm going to go and run a business. So I'm going to go and learn about business. What I found in my experience, once I graduated and once I got out in the real world of business, that's when I really learned. Mm. Um, and you learn the hard way. It's never easy. What real life experiences can teach you, a textbook can't. But I absolutely enjoyed university. It was great experience of my life and I'm so glad I did it. I'm somebody who doesn't really like to have any regrets. If I feel really passionate about anything that I would like to do, I would always make the opportunity to go out and try it. So I'm so glad I got to do that part. And it's a list that I have and it's ticked off from that list. I'd love for you to tell us more about what it is that you do now, but also what you're talking about there is how you made your first foray into doing what you do do. Is there a standout moment or maybe even a person that you would say helped mould your interests? I mean, we talk a lot about mentors and coaching and all of that kind of thing. Did you have that person or was it more like you were just saying your spirit and your drive that got you there doing what you're doing I'd say my mother where people would say oh I don't think you know you should send your daughter to university and oh you know she should get a job she'll be really good in a marketing department or 
But my mother was really encouraging. And she said, you can fulfill anything you want. So if you feel passionate about it, I'm here to support you and back you. So you must go for it. So there's a lot of support from my mother. And as I went on in my journey in business, I found a few mentors that came along, which were really nice, who I met. And I learned a lot from them. But also, I think we as individuals, when you set out to do something, you come across people and you just need to ask them for help and advice. And then people become your mentors. So that's what I've experienced. And tell us more, much more about what you do now, because I've spoken to you previously. I've had the pleasure of meeting you before. And it sounds really exciting and really different. So tell us more about it. I'm a gemologist and a designer and my passion always grew from just designing and the aim was just to create pieces that made me stand out. I designed for myself and had the pieces made and then people started asking me where did you get the piece from so I started making pieces for individuals but at the moment I have a brand and it's called Noreen and Noreen means ray of light and my purpose is to bring ray of light into people's lives when I design for them that gives me great happiness it's really important when I sit with a client I create a piece that is about them and that they feel very attached to Um, there's a story behind that piece but most importantly they cherish it and they're really happy so my brand creates these unique individual pieces And I have an identity, which if you were to see my pieces, you'd be able to pick up on. And they all represent a star. And the reason I did that was just because it represents the ray of light. And I mainly just work with diamonds. So even why a client purchases a diamond is mainly because of the sparkle that it has. So that was really important to create an identity. But most importantly just enjoy what I do and create for others and create unique experiences through those pieces so the pieces tell a story if it's a bespoke piece it'll tell a story about the person that's had something designed but other than that I have limited edition pieces that really is about inspiring women to be who they want to be because that's what my journey's been it's been about following your dream doing what you want to do and it doesn't matter how many doors close on you just keep knocking on those doors you do get to your destination but you've just learned so much along the way so when you look at Noreen London as a brand it will show you that there's a story about myself but most importantly the pieces tell you a story to be who you want and live the life that you want That's what I like doing. And I love encouraging others to do the same. It's no small undertaking either, is it? Because you've studied in, is it gemology? Is that what you call it? Yes. Yes, that's correct. So you studied with the Gemological Institute of America. You're actually qualified in this, which I mean, it sounds, I don't know, a little bit unique to me, but I'm guessing within the field and within what you do, this is just part and parcel of how you hone your craft. But was that a bit intimidating or was it just another step on your journey? How did you view it? When I started designing, I learned about diamonds and stones and I learned so much by myself 
But when you sit with a client, they always wanted to know what your credentials are. Then I was encouraged by somebody from the jewelry industry to go and to do this course. So it qualifies me. But when I did go to do my course, it was a difficult stage because I had left university and I went back into a classroom after a few years. So where I've been so free and independent running a business and going out and setting my own hours, doing what I wanted to do. Now you're back into a classroom and it's a nine to five and you only get this 30 minute lunch break, one hour lunch break. That was difficult, Mm. but just the learning aspect was really interesting. My worry was, will I pass the exams? And then in the end I did, and it was great. And I really, after doing that, I felt it's so important to do courses if it benefits your business or your career that you have. It's great to learn and get more qualified in that. It just gives you a better understanding. And it's great to say to somebody that I do know what I'm talking about because I have put in the time and effort and I have gone out and got qualified. You might have all the knowledge, which is great, but it's always great for business and your career as well. And you created designs for His Royal Highness, the Prince of Wales, haven't you? It sounds remarkable in itself, but across all the work you've done, I mean, that's obviously very, very ridiculously amazing. But is there any one thing in particular that stands out for you or that you're particularly proud of? Um, So it's not particularly the Prince of Wales that I created the piece for. From the very beginning, a charity that is part of the Prince's Trust called Mosaic. And through there, I met the Princess of Jordan and her name is Princess Badia. And she commissioned me to do a piece for her. So we're all part of that organization called Mosaic. So that's how we met. And it literally came over one day we were at an award ceremony and she had seen one of my pieces and said, could you design something for me that's related to the Jordanian flag? Mm. So she could really represent Jordan. That's how that commission came about. Was that a real pinch me moment? Yes, (laughs) it was. I was really surprised because Mosaic is about mentoring young children from deprived areas. And I first got involved to help these young students, to encourage them and inspire them in life. And hopefully they go on to further education. So I had no idea that we were meeting a princess and other royals, so many very influential people. So it did come as a big surprise, but also a big turning point in my career as well. That really accelerated everything for me. And how did you first hear about the Women of the Future programme and how have you been involved? I graduated in 2003. I had taken a year out, 2004, to just do business research and started the business 2005. 2007, my PR company put me forward for Asian Women Achievement Awards. And when they told me, we've applied for this and we've put you forward, and I thought it was absolutely ridiculous. I said, I haven't been in business that long. They won't look at my application. I think we're wasting our time. And then the letter came through that you've been shortlisted for Younger Entrepreneur of the Year. And there was about 12,000 applicants So I was really surprised. And that's how I heard about Women of the Future program through that other program. And that's how I've been involved since 2007. 
And you've gone on some of their quite incredible ambassadorial trips too, haven't you? What were they like? And you must have had some amazing takeaways from them too. First of all, anybody who meets the founder, Pinky Lalani, <laughs> is literally taken on a magical journey because just meeting Pinky, it's been incredible. I would have to say what Pinky has done for so many women and also opened up so many doors and opportunities. So one of the trips we went on was to um, India, and that was my first women's delegation. I went over to see Pinky at her house, and we were sitting there having a cup of tea, and she said, we've got this delegation, would you like to come? Mm -hmm. And I said, no, Pinky, I'm really sorry, I can't afford it, uh, but thank you so much. So I came home, and I was telling my mother, and she said, you must go, I'll pay for it, but you have to go. So I said, okay, fine. And at this point, we have no idea what this trip is going to be. Mm -hmm. So it was really incredible. It's about 16 women and we went to India and just the trip on its own, you can't imagine. It's like you visit places that you've never been able to see before. And you probably yeah. wouldn't, if you were to book it, there isn't access. One of the major highlights was going to Yashraj Studios, where all the big Bollywood films are made. Mm -hmm. And as we went there, there was a film set, there was a song being created at the time, and one of the biggest Bollywood stars was filming. And he stopped and then he spoke to us. And it's just incredible. But also what was interesting is that in these kind of trips, you're not just looking at the glamorous side of life. It's not just about going out to big organizations. We also visited some of the poverty areas, a children's orphanage to go and see how these young children are living and maybe how we can support them. It's not just living a very glamorous life or being in this lovely bubble. It's also looking at reality. And that's what I feel Pinky is able to do. She loves to get everybody involved and it's an opportunity for everybody to do something and give something back if you can. Yeah, I did something very similar. I went to Cambodia literally just before the pandemic. And as you say, it's not just about, I mean, obviously we too had phenomenal access and we were guests of the ambassador and things like that. But we also had round tables with NGOs on what to do to combat human trafficking. And we also visited the retail merchandise, big factories and things like that to actually see the workforces that essentially run the Cambodian economy and the insight and you obviously you draw parallels with your own life you know it just gives you such perspective and such vision and yeah I, I like you are phenomenally grateful to having that experience because you bring it back don't you and I'm sure you have you've brought it back into your own life and working practices too. Oh definitely and it changes you because these are experiences and the friendships that you make on these trips as well are so important. We went on the trip in 2008, the first women's delegation, and we're still in contact. We still see each other, great supporters. And the other trip was to the Malaysia delegation. So we went there, but I wasn't able to go on to the Cambodia one, but they are phenomenal. But mm -hmm. I think most importantly, when you get out of your comfort zone and you travel and what you see out there in the world, it does give you new experiences, but it changes you as well. For me, again, it's like, I see the world where 
anything is achievable and we should be able to live our dreams, go out there and do what you want because you don't have to be just in your little bubble. You don't just have to be in London. And now everything is so instant, you know, communicating with people, staying in touch. It's so much more easier mm-hmm. where maybe, you know, many years ago it wasn't. So it is important for anybody who is able to either go on these trips or any other organizations or just get a backpack and go somewhere and do something and learn something that grows you as a person. That's what I'm basically, I've been able to find from these trips. Absolutely. All right. I have some quick fire questions for you. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) What would you describe as your greatest success? Greatest success. Um, everybody discouraged me that I wouldn't be able to run a business I was definitely not going to get anywhere with it but my motto in life is I have to try it and even if I fail it's fine but I need to know for myself it's not about others it's just knowing that yeah that can't work and that's fine the biggest achievement was when I first set it up the sales started coming in but Literally, I had just launched my website and three weeks later, I was approached by a PLC for the company to be bought out. I would say that was my first biggest achievement in business. And it was just shocking that I couldn't believe it because I still felt I was just so small. I was just Mm. a small little retailer. And then this big PLC has come along and said, we'd like to make you creative director within our company and you'll be in charge of an online brand. So would you like to sell your business and work with us? At the time I did sell out because I wanted to experience what it was like to be in a corporate company. And that was just an amazing time for me. So I would say that was one of them. That sounds incredible. And your greatest failure? Greatest failure. Trade shows. <laughs> uh, yeah, that can't be fun. I can't imagine that, that is being not fun. fun. <laughs> no, that is losing money, not understanding where you're meant to be. You're thinking that I've got great designs. Great. I'm going to turn up at this trade show and the buyers are just going to buy everything and yeah. it will all happen. No, it doesn't happen like that, especially when you're at the far back, because that's the only kind of small stand you can afford. And you don't actually get any sales. And all you've done is spent a lot of money and come back with nothing. Well, you've come back with an experience, but also lost a lot of money. So I'd say they were my failures. Basically, trade shows I'm really, really cautious with. And I've learned over the years how you're meant to do them and not just dive in. Again, there was nobody guiding me or giving me guidance of why and where should you be doing a trade show. I just threw myself in and and thought, Mm. right, we're going to sell and it'll be great. But it didn't work out like that. So in that instance, did you learn through lived experience? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Sounds a little bit painful. Pain is good. Well, yeah, yeah. really good. Yeah. I think pain is good if you know it's going to end, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it only lasts for a few days and it's absolutely (laughs) fine. I just wish I had somebody at the time telling me, you know, you could only do a trade show if you market yourself right, you've got to have the right product offering. There's Mm. so many aspects to it. But when you're in your early 20s, and you're out there, and you just think, you know, what, I'm going to get my stuff, and I'm going to go out there and just sell it. That's not just enough. For that particular, those trade shows, 
so there is a difference mm. but yeah I, I love the real life experience not at that time but now looking back yeah they were great the mantra of women of the future is kindness and collaboration what does that mean to you in both your personal and professional life helping somebody and not expecting definitely not expecting anything in return for me I absolutely love helping anybody I can if it's in my capability if I can't I will try and recommend them to somebody else kindness comes in so many ways sometimes just listening to somebody's story and not even talking about yourself that's a way of kindness but most importantly, I feel we all need a helping hand in life. We might be at one stage of our career or business. If somebody's asking you for help and you can actually help them, that will just give them another stepping stone to get to the next stage because we've all been there. So I always look at it from that point of view. I've been there and I've wanted that help. And there have been amazing people in my life who have helped me why not do that for others is there anything that scares you no and the reason why i believe in facing your fears don't be scared of them if you're uncomfortable with the situation the sooner you face it the better you will feel for example some people say i'm scared of dying but then again, we don't know what's on the other side. Mm. So isn't that going to be another experience? And also live in the moment. It's really important for me. I love living in the moment, enjoying it. But if I am scared of anything, it's just because I'm not facing that. So just face it. Face reality. What is it? That's how I look at fear. And I don't feel scared or, or fear anything. It's very admirable. What is left on your to-do list? Oh, so much. <laughs> <laughs> so much. But my main goal in life for me is to be able to help small children who are either from a very poor country and basically help them in life. That's where I'd like to be. That's where I would love to see myself at an older, very much older age, probably. If I can do it sooner, that would be brilliant. But I would love to help them because we're in the UK and it's amazing being here. The amount of support and help that you have. It doesn't matter what background you come from, how much money you have or who you are. You can literally be anybody and achieve that. If it's a business that you want to run, if it's education you need, there is so much support. So we're really fortunate to be in England. Other countries are not because if you don't have the money, you might not be able to get the education. So I would really love to help those extremely like disadvantaged children to be able to excel them in their lives, in their journey. And again, it's just coming to giving them something back. That's one of my end goals on my list. I think also you only have to look to the news recently to look at Afghanistan and people that are literally running for their lives and so it's not even about poverty because these people could no. be teachers doctors you know from whatever background that could be us it literally could be yes. us and it's just yes. that you say the accident of birth almost that we've been born in the UK and you know we're from more stabilized countries and it's just heartbreaking to see it 
It really is. This morning, I was just thinking to myself, how lucky am I? Just thinking of the people that are in Afghanistan. We might get up and worry about, oh, so this meeting needs to take place. Somebody hasn't gone in touch or this hasn't happened. But I was just thinking about those people. They literally don't care about anything right now. All they care about is survival. Mm -hmm. And they would just be so grateful to just be alive and not being hurt by anybody. That's their only wish today. And we are waking up and thinking, we've got all of this list to go through. It's a Monday. I, and literally, I was thinking that this morning about these people. And we are so fortunate where we live. And, and I would say also, to some degree, what family background we come from as well. Do you think there is, or it sounds like to me, just listening to you speak, there's a really intertwined, interconnected link between entrepreneurialism and philanthropic endeavours. Do you feel that? It sounds like it to me, because when you're talking about your future aspirations, the two coexist, don't they? That, you know, you want to do good in the world and you're not afraid to branch out and give it a go. And like you say, face the fear. I think so. I think with entrepreneurs, there isn't a fear. You might have a fear, but then you have to overcome it because you want to get to the next stage. And also it's about once you have had a business, grown it, where are you going next? Because it's not just about money. It's not just about materialistic items that you might purchase. There is so much more. What I get really excited about is when you have something that you make a change and a difference to. For example, if it is a business and it's just an idea, so how do we get that to a next level? And that's the same with people as well. How do we help them excel in their life? How do we get them to a stage where they can financially be settled, be extremely healthy, have a great education? How do we accelerate that for them? I do think there is a connection between the two. And you do see it often with a lot of entrepreneurs who do this. I suppose it's just another stage in people's lives that they might want to just help others. But personally, for me, it's all come from my family being from Pakistan and seeing the poverty there. And as a young child, I never understood why do people live on the side of the road and we live in this lovely big house? Why is there such a big difference? Because in England, you wouldn't be living on the side of the road. You'll still be given accommodation somewhere and there would be help and support. But in some countries, it's not like that. So as a child, I had always questioned this aspect of life. And it's really come from there where I've wanted to always, I had made my mind at that time, I'd love to help these people because we're so fortunate here to be in England. We have the ability to make a difference. So why wouldn't we? That's a lovely place to leave it. Thank you so much, Noreen. It's been really lovely speaking to you and just, yeah, getting to know you a bit more. Because like I said, I had the pleasure of speaking to you previously, but it's great to hear your inspirations and what makes you tick. So thank you for taking the time. No, thank you, Kim. And it's a real honour to be on this podcast. And I was really surprised when you asked me. <laughs> so thank you so much. And just the Women of the Future programme, it's amazing for so many women. And I definitely know that it's helped me in my career and many others. It's fantastic what you guys are all doing. I would really encourage others as well to be a part of it. And if anybody doesn't know about it, just to help them as well. So let them know. 
Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Women of the Future podcast. If you enjoyed it, please hit the subscribe button. And while you're there, why not give us a rating and review? You know you want to. For more about the Women of the Future Awards, network and initiative, please visit www.womenofthefuture.co.uk. See you soon.